we'd like to welcome you back to part three, and I believe our third and final part of our current event and weekly Bible study for 11-15-2015. I'm actually recording 11-17. had to uh, take a break there, and I'm just so, <laughs> so beyond buried now with just inquiries and um, the current events and so I have to take any opportunity I can get to even get a part up now to, to try to add to something that I wanted to do. I didn't feel like I got in, into enough information. Uh, I've got plenty of information ready to go. It's just a matter of getting it to it to get it recorded. That's the biggest problem um, <clears throat> I'm running into. So um, the next report, and this just came out today. I actually added this in to the information that I had. I really felt like this was something I, I needed to cover. ASAP is entitled Obama's War on U.S. Veterans Expands as the government prepares to take the ultimate creep towards tyranny and the U.S. vet issues dire warning. Uh, don't, don't bow to tyranny America. So what we're dealing with here is Senate Bill 1203 was author, authored by good old U.S. Senator Dean Heller, Republican from Nevada. He's a good Republican. It passed the U.S. Senate on November 10th, 2015. I mean, did you hear anything about this in lamestream news? No, because they want to keep all this stuff under the radar. And so nobody knows about it, so they can rail, railroad it through uh, without any opposition. And now it goes to the House of Representatives for consideration. It passes there, and then it goes to Obama. We know what Obama's going to do. So the only, the only hope of this thing not going through right now is stopping it at the House of Representatives. And, and I would say, if you know any veterans... You know, I, if, if this doesn't get them motivated, I don't know what will. Unless they, well, you're going to hear what they're going to have to do. But if, if this doesn't get the average veteran motivated, I, again, I don't know what will. Uh, maybe if they're totally uneducated about vaccinations, um, maybe it's maybe it's not going to be a big deal to them. But um, it will, this will kill off, I mean, masses of veterans. Masses. And, and again, it's all incremental with this stuff. And, and um, people that are beholden to the government for anything are the first ones they're going to go after. In California and certain states, now it's the school children, as, as we were talking about in the last teaching. Um, <clears throat> public schools, mostly. And then, you know, even private in, in California. So now you're forced to homeschool. But if you're in a public school, that's where you've always had the biggest assaults, and, and it's governmental. It's 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 um, you're dependent upon the government to put that school there, that that mind brainwashing indoctrination center. And this is what we're dealing with at this point. So, <clears throat> Section One Zero One of the Senate Bill One Two Zero Three, named the Twenty First Century Veterans Benefits Delivery Act states that the Department of Veteran Affairs will be tasked with the mandate to ensure that veterans receiving medical services under Chapter 17 of Title 38, United States Code, receive each immunization on the recommended adult immunization schedule at, at the time such immunization is indicated on that schedule. It's a lot of legalese. Uh, the schedule referred to above is frankly staggering. Over 90 vaccines are listed. Now, I don't know if the report below, which might be a few hours earlier, I think they might have said 50. But I would go with this as the, what I would say are going to be mandated. 90 vaccines are listed. And this is from Vaccine Liberation Army. I, I give you the link there. You can read the full article. Now, the other report from All News Pipeline uh, starts out by saying a very concerned All News Pipeline reader and a United States veteran has contacted us requesting we cover a recent story from Activist Post, which proves that Barack Obama's war on vets has taken a huge turn towards tyranny. They want our veterans' bodies. It's time to stand up. I mean, they're, they're, they're killing them in mass just from, you know, <clears throat> basically denying them any kind of care half the time. Not to say that, that, that what I refer to as disease propagation care is the way to go, medicating somebody to the point where they're a surgical candidate and then, you know, you know, making their money that way. But it's a proven fact that, that there's veterans that are dying, you know, every day waiting for 
um, maybe surgical procedures or, or whatever other things they need. Um, there's a lot that are just total misery because, like, let's say they blow out their knee, they can't get the surgery to actually repair the knee. And I don't have a problem with surgery in that case if you've totally torn a ligament from a bone. I know that uh, Joe Gibbs at uh, Infowars, th that was his case. He can't get, you know, can't get any, um, you know, decorated the whole nine yards, and, you know, he can't get them to do the surgery. Uh, they want a weak, sickly veteran population that is unable to defend itself. They're already vaccinated to the gills coming out of whatever military branch that they're in. And now they want to take that to a, a totally next level in order for you to continue receiving your benefits with these vaccinations. This is how near and dear it is to Satan that he gets, ultimately, this is going to establish precedent. And, and, and if people go along with this and put up with this, then it'll just go to one other demographic, one other group of people that are beholden to the gun. And then eventually they're, they're going to come for everybody. It's going to be more forced vaccination, vaccination by gunpoint. They're seeing how much they can get away. These, these devils from the pits of hell uh, that, you know, this is what we're dealing with at this point. Just pure evil in your face. So going further, um, this is a dire warning from a U.S. veteran who tells us that we are approaching tyranny in our once free country. With news that the U.S. Senate has approved a bill mandating vaccines for veterans or else they lose their health benefits. Now remember, this isn't just about this is going to kill you quicker. This is about what is it doing to your DNA. This is about what ones of these vaccines are cultured off aborted fetal cell lines. This is about how is this going to change you on a spiritual level. Not only a physical, but a spiritual level. Putting foreign DNA from, from only God knows what, in, injecting it straight into your bloodstream, where the body, it bypasses all the normal roots of protection that your body would normally, when it, when it encounters something, right into the bloodstream, or right into the muscle tissue, whatever. It's, it's going straight into your body. Your body has no ability at that point to, um, or has such less ability to deal with whatever you're injecting into it. What if there's injectable nanorobots in there? What if there's injectable microchips? They, they've, they had it, they've had the technology for a long time. Microchip dust, Hitachi had it. Has it, has it, had it. I mean, it's all there. So, <clears throat> they're wanting to create a society of transhuman entities Homo sapiens 2.0, according to the transhumanism movement. Injectable microchips, injectable nanorobots, foreign DNA, neural implants, and then ultimately this is going to accumulate in the mark of the beast, in the right hand or in the forehead. This is all priming us for that. This is all about lowering our inhibitions. This is all ch about changing us from a molecular level so that we're not fully human anymore. I mean, what does that do on a salvation standpoint? How is somebody who's not fully human even going to have a chance of getting saved? I mean, what are they? I mean, how how how, how is this going to affect? I don't know. That's the thing. I'm not saying it would unsave you if you're saved, getting, but it's not something I would mess around with or advise. Look at the wicked, evil draconian devils wanting to do this to you pure evil and they're going to use every threat in the book to try to coerce humanity into taking these and then they're going to have the big pandemic and then it's going to be like well mandatory forced and how dare you now you don't care about the rest of the people because of the whole herd immunity thing which is a bunch of garbage Bottom line is, is if all those other people are, are getting vaccinated against something that's supposedly for that malady or disease, whatever it is, then they should be protected. Why would you have to worry about someone who's not vaccinated? There's no logic to it. There's none. This is just a pure satanic ploy to defile humanity. Jesus Christ said, as it was in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man. What was the main thing going on in Noah's day? Well, hybrid 
giants. Half fallen angel, half human. The sons of God saw the daughters of men that they're fair. They took them wives, all that they chose. And in those days were giants. They bore them giants. Men of old, men of renown. It was all about defiling the DNA of humanity. And it got so bad, God had to wipe the whole world out with a flood and start over. Save the eight people on the ark and the animals. That's how bad it got. Well, as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days... They're just doing it a little differently this time. They're not so in your face with it. Oh, I believe the fallen angels and, and, and all of that's probably going to come back overtly. Probably through the UFO ploy, deception, invasion, slash ascended masters making their appearances. It's going to be that kind of version. It's going to be a more um, palatable version of what happened in Noah's day. Noah's day, they're like, hey, we're here. <laughs> we're going to take over. That's probably the way it kind of was. It was more in your face. The Bible talks about Satan being the most subtle beast of the field. And I believe this time it's going to be more subtle. The, the war is a lot more sophisticated than it probably was in Genesis 6. From a technological standpoint, from, from a, uh, oh, you know, you've got all these different ways of communication and media and internet and TV and print and, you know, all these things. They've got to be more sophisticated this time. This is part of it. This is a gigantic part of it. So, this bill, um, the Senate's approved it. You know, your good old senators, they're fighting for your rights. Fighting for your right to die and get your DNA defiled and get injectable nanorobots injected into you. That's what they're fighting for. And this mandates vaccinations for veterans or else they lose their health benefits. We will see the ultimate government creep. And a move that could literally start civil war in America if allowed to go through to completion. Only the House of Representatives and Obama's signature stand in the way of Senate Bill 1203 from becoming law and the U.S. veterans forced to getting a grueling series of regular vaccinations. 90 of them. Mandated. Where did they go? Well, we'll take away your health benefits. And they're, probably the vast majority of them are on all kind of meds from post-traumatic stress disorder and all these other things. They're on all kind of pharmacia that you just can't go off cold turkey. I'm not saying God can't get you off a of cold turkey, but I wouldn't advise it. I, I know the, the, the things to go through from a clinical nutritional standpoint, but you have to implement the clinical nutrition. And it's not just one product. There's a lot of different systems that has to be addressed. And you do it ahead of time, and you do a higher therapeutic dosage, and then if you so choose, you slowly wean yourself off the pharmacia at that point. You don't ever go off a cold turkey. I mean, chances are they didn't put you on it for just no reason whatsoever. There was usually a reason why you went on it in the first place. The longer you take it, the more your body gets dependent on it, the more your receptors get clogged for that particular medication, and the more addicted you become. And then you got to take other medications to counteract the side effects from those, and it never ends. So, you know, I get, I get emails from people and they're like, yeah, my mom's dying of end-stage cancer and, and they've got her on 20 meds and she's in stage four. What can you do? And I'm like, really nothing. Really nothing. You, I mean, I, you, what you need is a magician. I can't, the damage is done. An elderly person can't respond like a 20-year-old. And if they're on that many meds, and they're that far gone, and they're that far into the system. You know what my experience has been? They won't do what I tell them anyway. They're way too invested. They're way too brainwashed. You may want the best for them, but the chances of them breaking free from that system as far in as they are and implementing, maybe they need 20 products. I don't know. That's not my fault. That's what the body would require sometimes. To get off 20 meds. I mean, there's so many things to consider. Liver toxicity alone from that many meds. Oh, and you know what? It's really fun if you've never done a detox and you go on a really, really hardcore liver detox, liver, gallbladder, let's say kidney, colon flush. When you're like really, really old and you've never done, I mean, your body's going to love it. You're going to be like violent. You're going to be so lethargic. You're going to be fatigued. You're going to be like, what are you doing to me? I'm going off this right now. 
They expect exactly what they get from the meds. I take the magic pill, all my symptoms go away. Doesn't work that way with clinical nutrition or, or any type of supplementation. Doesn't, it wouldn't matter if you were do, using wheatgrass and juicing. You're going to go through a healing crisis. And, I'm not, and those are great. Those are wonderful. But there are specific products a lot of times you can implement. Just like a, a surgeon would use a specific scalpel for a specific task. That's how I approach it. People that, that specialize in like clinical professional nutritional lines like I do. I got like hundreds of products because each one of them does a different thing. Um, so, and, and I don't want to sound harsh, but I'm just telling you, I've, I've dealt with patients for a long time. And I'll be honest, it's a big reason why I was relieved to get out of private practice. Because I wasted so much time when I was in private practice for almost 20 years. I mean, bending over backwards to try to help people only to find out they're not going to implement nothing or they go on it for a week and they quit. I didn't want to waste my time anymore. I felt like if I got on the internet and I put this information out, I could reach thousands and thousands and thousands of people if they wanted to implement something or maybe I planted a seed in their head that they went to a good alternative doctor and they got, or maybe they went and they did the research themselves and they went and they bought the nutrients that were needed in order to get them off this and they implemented it themselves great praise god praise the lord jesus christ that they went that route and they got free from that bondage that's that's why I, why i'm here but i'll be honest i probably the majority of people that email me and ask me about protocols most of them i never hear from again i have wasted even even since i've been in ministry hundreds of hours putting out protocols bending over backwards to help people to never hear from them again, and not even a thank you. That's happened, and I've never said that before on air, but I'm telling you, that has happened to me over, it's it's really about the norm. It's usually what I expect, I, I, but I don't quit. You know why? Because we're not to be um, weary and well-doing. We don't let other people determine if we're going to treat other people good or not. I'm still going to do the Christ-like thing. I'm still going to do that. As many times as, as I've been kicked in the teeth, by people, I'm still going to do it. Now, granted, you email me and, and, and like, you know, like that, the, the scenario presented the other day, you know, <laughs> renal failure and dialysis and, you know, in stage cancer, all they're on 20 meds. Come on. I mean, they're not going to do what I'm going to say. They're, they're totally entrenched in the medical system. They're not going to do it. If they're not saved, do your level best to get them saved. Do your level best. To get them saved. Bring them to my study online at contendingfortruth.com and True Salvation. That's what you need to be focusing in on. Now, maybe, maybe there are the rare exceptions where, yes, okay, maybe they just had an epiphany. You know? And they are just, wow, I've seen the light. This is this is garbage. This is this is pharmakia. I've been on this, this um, hamster treadmill or whatever for all this time. And, and, and I've gotten nowhere, and I finally saw the light, and, and maybe it's too late. Still, but at least, you know, at the end, they, they got their eyes opened. Yeah, Taylor liked that verse about uh, not being weary and well-doing. And also, whatever you do, do it heartily is unto the Lord. You know, so, and again, that's why I've never said that on air. After I've been on air for, like, nine years, I've never said that before. Not to my knowledge. I mean, maybe I have and I forgot, but it's not like I'm up here complaining about it every week. All of the time I'm wasting on a weekly basis trying to help people that you know they never implemented what you said. Or maybe they did. Maybe some of them did. And and I'm sure a certain percentage of them have. And, and they went off and they, they did their own thing. They got the nutrients or whatever and never hear from them again. You know, um, that's fine. That's fine, too. Um, just trying to help as many people as I can before we exit into eternity. Basically, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to do. So anyway, let's go further here. Um, only the U.S. House of Representatives and Obama's signature stand in the way of Senate Bill 1203 for becoming law. I mean, this is red alert. Red alert for you to be reaching out to veterans, wives of veterans, families of veterans. Man, I don't know what's going to take to get people motivated. Because, I mean, yeah, some people are, but collectively, they're not. And 
the 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 next part of this i think is going to explain you why they're not or a big reason why they're not at least one aspect of it i won't say anything more about that it's the next part of this and the U.S. veterans forced, uh, they're going to be forced to get a grueling series of regular vaccinations. A&P readers can help U.S. veterans across the country by doing an all-out full-court press upon our public servants and reminding them that they are only servants. There's a link here that you can go to Congress and look up your, I wish they had a customized one. I'm, probably somebody will put that out where you just click on it, click on it. And those are the kind that get results because you can't expect somebody, you know, to go through, all this rigmarole, I mean, masses of people. Yes, a certain percentage will, but not the masses. They're not going to go through, oh, look at my car. I got to get their email. Oh, I got to compose a letter. Uh -huh. Make it as easy as possible if you do online stuff. So you click, 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 and, and that's how you're going to get results. You, you have to make it easy for people. It's a, it's a world. I mean, I, I can't even believe how many busy I am now. I mean, it is, it is totally overwhelming. And, and, I want that because it's like, okay, well, uh, I got to go. Uh, I got to do this. I got to do that. And, and it just never ends. Um, so there is a link here. Hopefully other people like Mike Adams, Health Range, will be coming out with something. And, and um, I'm hoping that, you know, there is a ton of um, public pushback on this. And ask them to oppose mandatory vaccinations for veterans who are no longer serving our, our nation. Um this should, this should clearly be seen as another step in Obama's long war against U.S. veterans and another step towards total government tyranny, as shared in more detail below. We have long reported upon the opening war that this administration has waged war upon the United States veterans. From the disastrous health care that left over 300,000 dead so far, to their attempts to disarm law-abiding veterans, that's still ongoing, and to the full-scale and systematic dismantling of our military. We've seen absolutely nothing coming out of the government that would make us think that they are a veteran's uh, best interest in mind. Knowing the history of this government, we see why they have launched this latest attack on U.S. veterans. Their ultimate goal is depopulation and genocide. Absolutely. And to defile us at a molecular level, and um, probably the microchips are involved as well. Okay. Can't tell me 90 of those, if there's 90 vaccinations, none of them could potentially have microchip dust or maybe a microchip in the end of the, uh, they, they say they can put it in the uh, last stage of quality control on the tip of the needle. It's in there and they can be very, very small. I mean, the technology keeps getting better and better. You don't even know it's in you. Vaccinations have long been poisoning Americans and people around the world. The ultimate way for the government to get inside your body. Death by vaccination is far too common. This is genocide. What do you think U.S. veterans think about this latest move? An, inspires, an inspiring story from a vet below, um, uh, but then we'll look at the activist post story first. So this says, I guess this is from a veteran, fundamentally biological warfare is sneaky. It involves a microbial sucker punch to its intended target, often accomplished in a manner in which the aggressor can claim, can claim clean hands. Oh, we just, we just injected you with a vaccination and... It's not our fault. You know it's only pure goodness in the vaccine. We have clean hands. Well, there's blood all over him. While his victim may die or suffer. Biological warfare can take a number of forms. The question, how can you get a bacteriological or toxin agent on board without the target being alerted, has been asked and answered. In addition to using humans and animals as vectors, biological warfare agents can be airborne, waterborne, foodborne and put into pharmaceuticals substantial concerns have been voiced concerning the potential for inserting bioweapons into vaccines indeed given the history of known contaminated vaccines this is hardly a matter of speculation polio vaccines have been found to contain cancer the sb40 uh cancer from the uh monkeys um merck rotavirus vaccines has been found to be contaminated with a pig virus another merck product the hepatitis b vaccine was reported to have been laced with aids virus it was that's what caused the aids epidemic it was, it was a retrovirus. Those don't, those don't occur naturally in nature. Retroviruses. And it was given to them gay male populations in 1978 in San Francisco, New York, and Chicago. And it was also given over in, in, um, to the uh, black populations in Africa. And that's where you see the AIDS to this day, the, the biggest demographics. So, um, again, Leonard Horowitz... AIDS. Just key that in the keyword search box at contending for truth or not contendingfortruth.com. I probably have done a study on that. It probably would work though in mine, but if you want to see the YouTube presentation, just go on YouTube and do it. Um, 
so in addition, a tetanus vaccine distributed in the third world was found to contain human chorionic gonadotrophin, or HCG, an anti-fertility agent known to produce spontaneous abortions. We talked about that in the last study. Uh, what do U.S. veterans think about this ultimate creep towards tyranny this government is now making? This comes to us via a uh, via medium, not not a medium like uh, a witch, but um, I guess that's their handle. Uh, from challenging the rhetoric blog and the U.S. Air Force's Anita Stewart, U.S. Senate Bill One Two Zero Three. Here is what all military veterans will be subjected subjected to all vaccinations for the full schedule for the rest of their lives including an annual flu shot or they lose their medical benefits totally what a wonderful way to award the people who put their lives on the line to defend our freedom looks looks like they lose their freedom or choose what vaccines they or choose what vaccines they want if any um yeah, that didn't make sense, but anyway, but it sure is a wonderful gift to the pharmaceutical companies, a reward for their service in campaign donations. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Lock in students, nurses, teachers, and military. Who's next for the forced vaccinations? Um, and then another one said, remember, active duty military are locked in. They get an unknown schedule of vaccinations while in basic training throughout their military service now the, the executive order that made that all possible was one was the one that bill clinton signed one of the ones bill clinton signed when he was in office as part of my avion flu presentation so yes they get if you're active duty you're locked in you get unknown schedule of vaccinations in basic training throughout their military service they cannot opt out and they cannot know they have no right to know what's even in them that's how bad it is if you're in the military now they want to extend that love after you're out of the military. It's as though as though they haven't done enough to, to just annihilate your body. Now they're gonna now they want to keep after you because they're not dying off quick enough. This could this could include experimental vaccines or vaccines that have not been tested. Veterans, however, are currently not required to take vaccines. We can still refuse or opt out at VA facilities. Medically licensed people here in Florida, for example, can opt out of everything except the TB test. But if this bill becomes law for veterans, it will change. This is total medical tyranny. Veterans, of course, want the right to choose and the right to inform consent, not forced mandates. Forced mandates are nothing more than medical tyranny. We veterans were on the front lines to assure that this tyranny of all kinds does not happen in this country. We took an oath to defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And man, is this a domestic enemy. <laughs> this, is the, this is a domestic enemy of the highest order, what I would say. I hope veterans remember that vow. It does not apply to corporate rule as our government is not owned. This um, has been usurped by the corporations. In many cases, the military has already poisoned veterans with exposures that we did not know about or consent to, as I've mentioned above. Vaccines that were experimental or not tested or not tested adequately. We were also in close proximity to weapons and chemicals that were toxic and poison that sometimes, and that sometimes without any protective or hazmat gear. Many of the conditions the veterans now have were due to those exposures during our military service. The VA website confirms a lot of this, including diabetes 2, Agent Orange exposure, leukemia exposure to chemicals, Gulf War syndrome, and many more. If you don't believe that, go in and key in Beyond Treason okay, on the internet. And, and you should find it. You should be able to watch it, I think, for free. And it's all about the Gulf War and, and, and all of the depleted uranium they were exposed to and all of the other garbage that they did to them. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it's interviewing the doctors that were over there, the honest ones and the ones that had the courage to come out against it. So, yeah, it's, it's horrific. What is, what is important to note is the current CDC adult schedule that would be required by this legislation would mean over 90 vaccinations for each veteran. So, it, yeah, it does say 90. Many people wonder if the mandating of vaccines could be a eugenics program. You don't have to wonder. Don't wonder. It is a eugenics program, 100% lock, stock, and barrel. And the most important question, at what cost? Who will inevitably pay and who benefits? The powers that be already don't want to pay for sick veterans, and they have made that abundantly clear in what they say, how they legislate in their continued stripping of our rights to adequate health care and benefits. There seems to be a few problems and plenty of money to create sick veterans in the corporate wars and conflicts in uh, 140 plus countries around the world there are many more vaccination mandate bills being floated around here's a comprehensive list these are just all the other ones that are in the uh in the hopper 
So there's a link to that. This has everything to do with creating a corporate revenue stream to absolve the government from paying out and to reward big pharma. Veterans entered into the military thinking they were upholding our freedoms, not bowing to tyranny. I am a concerned citizen, a veteran, a widow of a military member, and I come from a military family. I am for informed consent. I earn that right. I Because they don't give you any conformed consent, consent when you get any vaccinations. Nobody does. You're not, you're not fully disco, disclosed what the risk, risks are. They don't even show you the product insert for when they're giving it to you. It's, it's total um, criminal behavior every time you get a vaccine. Criminal behavior. Who's ever injecting you is participating in criminal, and I don't even care if, if it's the lady at the drugstore. She is a criminal. Well, she doesn't know. Well, I'm sorry. She's a criminal. She's a participating in criminal behavior. You know, am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth, Galatians 4.16. So I'm a concerned citizen, a veteran, widow of a uh, military member and come up from a military family. I am for conformed consent. I earned that right. I gave up four years of my life to have that right. I'm attempting to assure others have that right. And that was uh, Anita Stewart, member of Veterans for Peace. USAF Strategic Air Command 1981 to 1985 now um, I want to try to get this all into my next part so I'm going to move quickly the next part is going to be on fluoride which is one of the big reasons that most likely people are so docile and not fighting back in general so I've had a lot of questions about this lately and I think I finally got some kind of cohesive answer about fluoride what I'm about to tell you is extremely important if you're if you have any concerns about water purification, especially, if you have any concerns about reverse osmosis, getting fluoride out of your water, distillation units, you need to listen, okay? Because this can be life-changing information. I have nothing to gain by telling you this. I'm not profiting from this in any way, shape, or form, okay? But I'm telling you this is super important stuff. I mean, I learned a lot from this. So um, I had a listener today tell me, oh, this is the... This is the um, now, I've been researching this a long time, but this just came, kind of came to a head today. He said, this is the one I, uh, I filter I use under my sink, okay, for fluoride removal. So, I emailed the company and I said, could you tell me the fluoride removal rate for this unit? Okay, it's purewaterproducts.com under sink fluoride filter, okay? Because it's, it's all this whiz-bang stuff. we got two fluoride filters. Does it tell you how much it gets out? Which I've seen is about the norm. It's funny, you go up to the, oh, we get out fluoride. How much? Well, we don't say, or it's like in some buried, some other place in their website, you have to like twist arms to get it out of there from somebody. I mean, you know, 40%, 30%, what? so what? I mean, that's not, that's not enough. This stuff is death. And you're going to see that it's death. So this is the guy that emailed me back at the company and he said, hi, Scott, the short answer is we're not sure. <laughs> so. But this was educational, though, what he told me. And it kind of leapfrogged me into the next part of the teaching, which, which actually helped solidify what I'm going to be telling you. Because what he told me was helpful, though. He said, activated aluma, alumina, and yes, it is aluminum, okay? It's, it's activated alumina is one of the few medias available that will remove fluoride from drinking water. Why? And remember this for later. Aluminum and fluoride are attracted to one another okay um that's why it gets it out okay it will remove fluoride from drinking water and its effectiveness is conditional upon a couple variables the incoming ph and the flow rate those are the conditions that an alumina filter is dependent upon to get fluoride out okay the ideal conditions for the media are a ph of less than six that would be acidic okay a water that is actually slightly acidic and a flow rate of 0.25 gallons per minute or less that's a very pretty low flow rate, okay? In most drinking water applications, the flow rate is typically faster than 0.5 to 0.21 gram per minute. Remember, ideally, the flow rate needs to be 0.25. Most of the filters that you have, like under sink, are 0.5 to 1, which would be mm, 1 to 4 times faster than it needs to be. In other words, this activated, and we're going to get into activated alumina. Don't, don't turn off the teaching and say, well, I'm, I want everybody contaminated with aluminum because it's not about that. Okay, we're going to get into that. 
But that type of filter media needs to have some time to interact with the fluoride molecules so that they can bind. Okay, if you don't give it that time, the fluoride filter becomes very inefficient. Okay, so this is a big deal. You could think, oh, I'm getting out all my fluoride. <laughs> you may only be getting out 25%. You may be getting out less than that, especially if you haven't changed it. Okay, well, okay, but 25% is better. Well, yeah, it's better than nothing, but I mean, ugh. What do you see what we're going to get into with fluoride? You don't want 75% of the fluoride in the water, okay? It's a, it's a eugenics program, okay? In most drinking water applications, the flow rate is typically faster than 0.5 to 1 uh, gram GPM. And the pH is hard to accurately read and control. So the actual effectiveness of any unit is pretty unclear. <laughs> so that's his answer he gives me. Under ideal conditions, activated alumina has been reported to remove 98% of the fluoride from water sources. That would mean 2.5 gallon flow per minute into the filter or a quarter of a gallon a minute into the filter and a pH of 6 or less. Okay, That's ideal conditions. Under ideal conditions, this has been reported to remove 98% of the fluoride. So it can be an incredible way to get fluoride out of the water if the conditions are right. I think one of the main things is making sure that the flow rate is slow enough where you're giving it enough time to react and making sure the water's not too alkaline, okay? Um, my, and alkalinity's really easy to do. You can go up on the internet and just key in, um, test my water for pH, and you can buy the kits up there and test your own water. It's, it's simple. It's just a little strip. It'll, it'll show you gradients and... Um, um, It'll show you exactly where your, your pH is at in the water. So let's go forward. My best guess is that, and this is this is this Joe Frank's guy, the, the guy that emailed me back. My best guess is that the average drinking water applications, you are more realistically going to achieve something in the range of 30 to 50% reduction without taking extra steps to control the flow rate and the pH. <sighs> really? Then he says this. We market that unit as the best alternative to a reverse osmosis system for fluoride removal. That was a huge red flag right there, and you're going to see why in a second. As honestly, it is our best option for the situation where an RO, reverse osmosis, is not an option. Where, where RO is not, in other words, when RO is not an option, the other one, this fluoride filter, is a better option. If high levels of fluoride reduction is a priority, I always recommend an RO system. Now, I've heard that many, many, many times. So I emailed this, this gentleman back and I said, thank you, but in all humility, I am not sure if you're aware of the information below. I didn't want to bash the guy over the head. He was nice enough to email me back. Seemed like a nice guy. And what it's a, it's a report titled Fluoride and Invisible Killer by Floyd Maxwell. This guy's got all, you're going to hear his, his, his um, credentials in a second starts out by saying we would not purposely add arsenic to the water supply and we would not purposely add lead but we add fluoride and the fact is that fluoride is more toxic than lead and just slightly less toxic than arsenic just slightly less than arsenic which you take to just overtly kill yourself of course you could do that easily with fluoride too the federal maximum contaminant level for lead is 15 parts per billion Five parts per billion for arsenic and 4,000 parts per billion for fluoride. It's just slightly less toxic than arsenic, but yet it's permitted at 4,000 parts per billion in the water. And arsenic is only permitted at five parts per billion. That seems like a huge, gigantic, satanic discrepancy to me. Yeah, it is total insanity they're, it's just it's just they're just doing this to kill us and the other things we're going to get into 1952 the delaney committee 82nd congress hearing on fluoride revealed that there was no actual scientific basis for fluoridation of water supplies and the prevention of tooth decay the recommendation of the committee was that more research needed to be done before proceeding with this national mass medication program their recommendation was totally ignored they were they just ignored them 
A common obstacle run, ones, this, this is from the, the gentleman writing the article, a, a common obstacle one runs into when trying to inform others of the dangers of a product is being told that you're not an, quote, expert. This can, however, be used to one's advantage if one happens to find an expert who verifies your own views on the benefits of natural versus chemical approaches to health. My background is that I am a chemical engineer. I have earned my bachelor's of social science or something from the University of British Columbia in 1984. It's B-A-S-C-H. I'm not exactly sure what that degree stands for, but um, it's three different letters. When it comes to chemistry, I can say that I am an expert in this area due to studying it full-time for over 10 years. It appears to be Bachelor of Applied Science, I believe. Anyway, he's, he's a chemical engineer. So, um, graduated from the University of British Columbia in 1984. When I went, when it comes to chemistry, I can say that I am an expert in this area due to studying it full-time for over 10 years. Now, this is big because a lot of people think that this isn't the case. What did the, what did the gentleman just tell me? That literally has a company and says his first go-to product for fluoride removal, without a doubt, is reverse osmosis. I've heard this over and over again. Listen, though, to the logic here to understand why that just can't be, okay? Reverse osmosis manufacturers claim they can remove fluoride. Don't believe their claims. RO units work on the same principle as our kidneys. Think of it like a mesh. And this is how RO works, reverse osmosis. There's a membrane there, like the mosquito netting on your screen door. The mesh lets the air in, but not the mosquitoes. Because of air molecules are smaller than mosquitoes. Okay, we understand that, right? An RO unit is thus great for removing heavy metals like lead, mercury, cadmium, as well as the chlorine family compounds like in PCBs and PCPs um, because they are all large molecules relative to the size of H2O, water. Okay, In fact, um, even Cl, uh, chlorine I believe, the smallest of these is relatively large with a molecular weight of 35 gm. And so, if the RO unit is new, and it is well-made, with precise tolerances on the RO membrane, it might even filter out some of the chloride. Of course, that one's easy to get out with, with activated charcoal filters, pre-filters, okay? Um, anyway, you should always have that as a pre-filter anyway, uh, I, I believe, on any type of unit like that. Note the ifs and the conditions in the last sentence. But, an RO unit will not filter out fluoride atoms, as fluoride atoms are too similar in size to the H2O molecules. Another aspect of fluorine or fluoride can be revealed by comparing the weight of a mole, which is 602 trillion, 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 whatever, of fluoride to that of a mole, which is a weight of measurement of water or H2O. To confirm the calculation, refer to periodic table of elements. Fluoride weighs 19 grams per mole. H2O weighs 18 grams per mole, summoning another well-known rule of chemistry that the size of molecule or atom is directly related to its molecular weight. Remember, they're basically the same weight. Fluoride is 19 grams per mole. H2O, water molecule, is 18 grams per mole. So summoning another well-known rule of chemistry that the size of a molecule or atom is directly related to its molecular weight we can infer that these two molecules are almost identical in size. Even before you listen to someone's opinion about fluoride, figure out what they have to gain by their opinion. The love of money is the root of all evil. Now, sometimes it's not that. Maybe they don't really know. Maybe they bought into all the brainwash. Maybe they've never looked into this. Okay? But obviously the gentleman telling me that had a lot to gain by me buying an RO unit and other people and other people not knowing what I'm telling you now. I'm not saying that he even knows about it. Maybe he doesn't. I'm not saying he does. I'm saying though a lot of people do. A lot of the people selling RO units do. I'm sure they've heard this and they've just dismissed it. It's this is common sense if you think about it. Okay? RO manufacturers would see sales dry up if they admitted that their units cannot remove it. Thus, they never admit it. And they will try to poison our efforts to give people unbiased information. Now, this guy saying this, he's not trying to sell you nothing. I couldn't find anything for sale. In this report, I, I even clicked into the website. I mean, I didn't see anything. I don't know. Maybe they've got a book or two or something. I don't know. I didn't see it. So it's not like he's got some whiz-bang device to take out fluoride. So he's got a hidden agenda. 
Okay, I didn't see it, okay? Just like I don't have a hidden agenda because I'm getting, I don't have any vested interest in any of this. I'm not selling water filtration. I don't, I'm not selling any of this stuff, okay? So, you know, I'm just trying to help people. So, now this is very, very, very interesting as well. The next part of this report says equally ineffective distillation units. People that drink distilled water, like I did for years. I drank RO water for years too. Okay? Distillation units will also not work. Why? Because similar sized polar molecules have similar boiling and freezing points. Well, remember, we just, we just determined that basically the molecular weight of an atom of fluoride and H2O molecule are just about the same. Fluoride weighs 19 moles. H2O weighs 18 moles. They're basically the same weight, the same size. That's why an RO unit won't filter them out because it's like a screen mesh. It's like a mesh. It's like a membrane. And it will allow things of a certain size through. And if it allows water through, which we know it does, it's going to allow fluoride through. That's the whole point here. Now, this is a little different, but very similar. Um, water boils at 212 degrees Fahrenheit and uh, fluoride boils at 203 to 239 degrees Fahrenheit. So they have very, very similar boiling points too. Fluoride and water so when your distillation unit has warmed up the water to 212 degrees fahrenheit and the water starts to boil off and evaporate so does the fluoride it stays right with the water vapor and gets condensed right back into the liquid at the end of the process you're not getting rid of it from distillation so don't let anyone tell you otherwise and don't trust that do those who do and again this guy's not selling a thing and he's an expert. He's got, he's got a, literally a whole website devoted to this one subject that I could see. And I give his email address at the end, too, if you want to email him. Don't trust your water. Unlike chloride, chlorine fluoride is colorless, odorless, and tasteless. So you have almost no way of knowing if it is even present in the water you're drinking or using. What a, what a wonderful uh, stealth biological agent. Even bathing or showering in fluoridated water will cause you to absorb an unhealthy amount through your skin. And that's, that's, a, that's a dicier subject there. I don't exactly know what to do about that one. I mean, unless you had a whole house filter. I mean, uh, your, your normal filter is only going to get out chlorine. KDF is going to get out chlorine and maybe some other stuff, but it's not going to get out fluoride. <sighs> so, you know, <laughs> that's a tough one. I don't really know what to say about that. Um... So even showering or bathing and it will cause you to absorb an unhealthy amount of fluoride through your skin. Fruit juices often have very high concentrations of fluorine. Well, I do know what to do about it from the standpoint of there's ways we can detoxify it. I mean, obviously we don't ingest. We ingest as little as possible. And whatever we're getting in our system, we, I, I really believe it can go a long way if we detox the fluoride through different ways. I'm going to get into that later. Um, fruit juices have high concentrations of fluorine due to the use of fluoridated pesticides. One of the main ingredients in a lot of the pesticides they use. And a lot of other wonderful things that we're going to get into. Pop and other packaged beverages are also common substantial sources of fluorine. Not only because of fluoridated water, but because the fluoride-laced ingredients. And the concentration of the same during the manufacturing process. Um, bottled water can be an option, but choose carefully. I contact the companies to get their detailed analysis. If they don't provide it, I don't buy their water. Yeah, but then you got to deal with the BPA and all the garbage from the leaching of the plastics. I know there's some that claim to not be, but, you know, you got to deal with that. Then it, then the next part says, don't trust the experts. Fluoride producers, the multi-billion dollar aluminum fertilizer and steel industries, those are the ones that produce it. It's a byproduct. It's a waste product of the aluminum and fertilizer and steel industries. So they got to get rid of it somehow. So, you know, they got to put it in toothpaste. They got to put it in their water. They got to kill us with it because obviously it'd be too toxic. It'd be too... Uh, hard for them to to get rid of it any other way they put it in big dr drums and stored underground like nuclear waste they couldn't do that no they got to put it in our food supply in our water and make sure that the little babies get it with the fluorinated water and you know make sure they get it at the schools with the fluoride rinses and in the toothpaste and and you know they got to just make sure we get it that way so they're, they're killing us as quickly as possible so anyway um these industries that put this garbage, this satanic substance out, have everything to lose and nothing to gain by admitting that fluoride is even remotely bad for anyone. 
Ditto toothpaste manufacturers and thus dentists. Yes, dentists have a lot to gain by continued fluoridation. Things like dental fluorosis, caused by fluoridation, produces mottled teeth. See, sodium fluoride is a bone softening agent. It's not a bone strengthening, it's a bone softening agent. Okay? Organic fluoride in like the soils that get in in the plains, that's fine. That actually does help the bones, okay, in, in small amounts. But sodium fluoride, the byproduct from the aluminum, the synthetic version actually softens the bones, models the teeth, causes dental fluorosis, cavities, all types of fun stuff like that on top of all the other garbage that it does to your brain and cancer. And we're going to get into that. In advanced stages, fluorosis can turn the teeth into black stumps, which I kind of like that look. That black stump teeth look, I mean, you know, call me crazy, but I mean, I think it's pretty snappy, you know, to have just a whole bunch of black stumps, top and bottom, and you go in there, and you flash your, your pearly blacks, or your pearly whites, they're not white anymore, they're black, they're black stumps, and you know, you know, you wow the people with your, with your light up the room smile. You know, call me crazy, but that's, that's just me. Anyway, and this leads people to get very expensive cosmetic dental work performed by dentists. Yeah, it's all... And then, then you got the mercury that they're putting in the fillings, which is unbelievably, you know, it's, it's you know, on, on the same level, probably worse even than than the fluoride as far as toxicity goes. And then you got your mercury amalgam fillings and they're, they're constantly giving off the mercury ions the whole time they're in the teeth and causing all types of horrific problems in the body. I mean, I tell you what, the dental industry, I'm not saying all, like dentists are evil, but I'm saying the dental industry, uh, by the way the dentists have been trained, they have been caused, they have, are participating in some of the most heinous acts against um, humanity that the world will ever know ongoing every day every day in their dental practice by and large most of them are now there are good alternative dentists there are mercury-free dentists they're ones that have got the memo key and mercury-free dentists in the keyword search box like on the internet i like to use xquick because it's i don't revise using google or any of those other ones i like to use xquick i-x-q-u-c-i-k it's Catherine albrecht's um one that's like privacy centered and it's protecting your identity and stuff like that um and anyway you can just key that in and, and you can find the whole thing online about it but um yeah mercury free mercury free dentistry there's whole organizations that have networks you can find one in your area yes it's more expensive no doubt about it and yes it is a gigantic hassle to get mercury amalgam fillings removed from your mouth um it's not easy but i, I do believe that if there's any way you can afford it if god so leads you it's a good thing to do um, because that is some real horrific stuff. You can just key in mercury in the keyword search box at contendingfortruth.com. I've done many, many studies on that. And then this ends by saying, send us what you've learned. Tell us what's happened to you when you tried to find out what your municipality is doing to your water and what they told you about the, um, about their chemical additions, concentrations, controls, reasons. We are building an international anti-fluoridation database movement and we need your help. Um, this is the gentleman writing the article, and then it says, still unconvinced, check out these 150-plus fluoride facts. I didn't even look at that. I didn't have time. But that's a link there you can check into. Uh, our children, thank you for your action. Sincerely, Floyd Maxwell. Contact. Um, I get this. His email list is listed here, and I also give you a link to that full report because I, I, I didn't give you the whole thing. There's other stuff that was went over in the report. I'm just giving you the highlights. Okay, so... I would avail yourself to that if, if you can here. And I'm looking at what I've got left here. And yeah, there's no way I'm going to be able to get... Okay, so I'm going to have to go to a part four here. And hopefully I can get this done in the next part. So, we will end part three and we will go to part four. God bless you and see you there.